Hey friend, you are listening to Real Talk with Rachel, and I'm your host, Rachel Gilbert. I am a therapist who loves to draw you closer to Jesus and offer practical tools to help you walk confidently in who you are in Christ. Tune in on Mondays for short talk therapy episodes, always 15 minutes or less. And every other Wednesday, we share guest interviews with people I hand select to speak into your life. These episodes are meant to be educational, not a replacement for your therapist. Stick around until the end of today's show for a short segment where I share counselor-approved strategies to take this Real Talk episode and make it relevant in your everyday life through simple action steps. Well, in case you missed it, this week is kind of a big deal because my book, Image Restored, released yesterday. Oh my goodness. All the feels. I can't even explain the level of excitement and so many more emotions than excitement. But this journey has been amazing. Y'all have been with me for so much of it. And now we get to just enjoy the fruit. So please go award it on Amazon. Leave a review. You can learn more about it at imagerestoredbook.com. Today's episode is special because it's with the woman who played a huge role in my body image healing journey, and you'll even read a story about her in the book. Elisa Keaton is a leading certified wellness professional with more than 20 years of experience. After more than 25 years as a fitness professional, Elisa felt God leading her to bring fresh meaning to the world of health and fitness. At first she resisted, but eventually she got on her knees, rolled up her sleeves, and followed his call. In 2011, Elisa launched Revelation Wellness, a nonprofit ministry that uses fitness as a tool to spread the gospel message and invites participants to become their whole selves designed by God. The Revelation Wellness Instructor Training Program equips and sends out fitness missionaries throughout the United States and around the world, while RevWell TV brings faith-based online workouts and resources to anyone with internet access. Today, she and her team have trained up and sent out over 2,000 fitness professionals into the world. These professionals, they carry the message of what it means to love God, get healthy, be whole, and love others. Elisa is passionate about leading others to take an in-depth look at what it means to be transformed by God's love from the inside out. Uh, Elisa wrote this endorsement of my book, Image Restored, that I wanted to share with you. The church needs more books like this that teach us how to live out our faith as human beings with a body, an embodied faith. According to the book of James, Faith without action is no faith at all. Wouldn't it be just like the enemy of our joy and freedom to keep us stuck in a cycle of obsessing and neglecting our bodies? Wouldn't it be just like the enemy to rob us of our joy and freedom to keep us stuck in a cycle of obsessing and neglecting our bodies? Never free to glorify God with our bodies? This book will help you break free from that fruitless cycle. Rachel doesn't just talk to you about your body image, but works with you until how you see your body mirrors how God sees you. 
By the time you finish this book and do this book, your body home will be built on the rock. This way, the next time a trending fitness fad or food roll rolls into town, you stay free. Well, thank you, Elisa, not only for that kind endorsement, but also just for leading the way on this mission and for being a mentor to me. My friends, you're going to love Elisa, so please help me welcome her to the show. Hello, Elisa. Welcome back to the show. Rachel, when was the last time I was here? When was that? Do you know? You would ask me because right before we got on here, I was like, I should look up which episode that was. I don't know the number, but I can tell you this. I was in my closet. We were just talking about that. That's that's right. That's right. I was saying things are looking up for you. Look at how pretty that office is. Very profesh. Yeah. And you know what? I don't even, I mean, you know, the profesh is nice, but really the thing I care most about is my sanity because I learned really quickly trying to record in your closet Somebody could be three rooms over in my house and like lift mm. something up and you're hearing it. And I'm like having to hit pause and go out and, you know, yell at my kids. Hey, oh, who's yeah. moving around over there? And I'm like, all right, this is, That's you know. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Needing a little <laughs> bit of space between all the family stuff. I, I remember that. Oh my gosh. Do I have days? Yeah. I remember there's still some videos out there. The early days of Rev where. I'm doing a teaching video. Someone found it the other day and I literally have like a corrugated piece of metal from Home Depot and I've got a little camcorder because we didn't have Zoom. We didn't have anything. That was just like a camcorder recording me and I'm teaching and that, and Sophia starts opening the door and she's like her little hands coming in. And I just give her this look as I'm in the teaching and the people know that I'm talking to Sophia. Anyways, yeah, you just get it done, but it's messy. Uh-huh. And I love that. The one nice thing, I guess, that did come from everybody being forced home during the pandemic was people now, I guess, have a little more grace for that kind of stuff. And for uh, real. Yeah. They're like, yeah, "Yeah, kids in the background. We get it. That's true. That's true. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay. So I want to jump in by, um, I am about to release my first book, Image Restored. Yes, she is. Yes. And a very exciting moment. And um, one of the things that God put on my heart, I had, I had several different people who gave a really nice endorsement of the book and you were one of them, but Mm. something that I did with the endorsers that I chose was you weren't just influential people, which of course you are, but you also were influential to me. And Mm. I just, that was important to me that the people who endorsed the book, one knew me, you know, but also personally in real life. (laughs) Um, But then also that you played a huge role in not only my freedom, but then in me sitting here, not only writing the book, but about to release this book. And so I also just want to honor you publicly. Um, A lot of people already know you, but then the people who don't know you, I'm like, here, Mm -hmm. meet some of my endorsers. And um, I want them to see why you were one of the people that I chose to, you know, ask. And then you so graciously said yes. So first of all, just welcome. And thank Thank you for being somebody who has influenced me. Absolutely. I was so thrilled about your book because we need books like this. Like I sometimes hear people saying, well, there's other books out there already talking about it. And, you know, you've written something or what do I have to say? You have to say it because no one will say it like you, but your particular voice, Rachel, I've heard, you know, you, you do our Bible study in our, or part of our training, you do our body image teaching, which was like, it's prophetic. It's not like you're a woman who's carried it right? People that have the anointing is because they're living it in some way. 
And so when you were going to write a book, I'm like you have to write that book, whatever it is. And I love that it's a book that you don't just read, but you can do. I'm a big believer. Like we don't need more information. Gosh, right. I heard a statistic the other day, Rachel, that said, and I know this to be true, but that if you were to read the New York Times today, front to back, read the New York Times today, front to back, that you would have more information than someone did a hundred years ago in their lifetime, in their life, they would never receive that much information if you were to read it front to back. So we don't need more information. We need to actually process what we're learning, be like a child again. I love that you have like the, the coloring aspect, such my language, love that. And yeah, I'm like all about it. So I can't wait. You're going to come on my show soon. We'll get to talk about it more. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And, and that was, I'm, I'm the same as you. I think I've already been interviewed a few times about my book and it's kind of funny because that's one of the one things that I have brought up each time is I'm like, you know, I know the words that I wrote in there are powerful and I know they're from the yeah. Lord, but I still, I'll still f- firmly stand on the belief that the freedom is going to come when people create space for the Lord to speak directly to them. Yes. And we just don't yes. create that space in our life no. anymore. And so, so you know yeah. what? I've already resigned myself to the fact that I'm like, hey, if the thing that you loved the most about my book was the pauses where you got to journal and color, I'm totally okay with that because the Lord right. spoke to you. Second like, seat. Yeah, yeah take exactly. Second seat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I also want to back up to how we even met. I probably, I'm sure the first time I interviewed you, we talked about this, but again, I definitely have picked up some new listeners since then and people have slept yeah. since then as well. And so I want to just bring up again how just the Lord's timing is really sweet. And I actually wrote briefly, as you know, in a book, they make you condense things down and condense it more and condense mm-hmm. it more. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, oh no, the story's barely there now. Yeah. But the gist is that I had been in the fitness industry for quite some time and just was really becoming very disenchanted with it and had had a really rough experience. And I just was like, God, I can't, I can't keep doing this. This is mm-hmm. not fun. I'm not enjoying mm-hmm. this situation. Mm-hmm. And um, I quit and I put that in air quotes, fitness. And then I met you, you know, within a few weeks, um, I was at the Claire conference and you were yet a booth for Revelation Wellness. Which one was it? Was it the one that was in the big hotel yep. at that time? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So I just remember walking along and I just saw the Revelation Wellness banner and just it stopped me in my tracks. I'm like, yep. What is this? What's what is this about? way of looking at, you know, what is this about? And my life has never been the same since then, you know, mm-hmm. met you. And um, I don't remember how soon after I ended up becoming a Revelation Wellness instructor. And so yes. that's a brief intro as to to how yeah. we met. Um, but I'm curious, yeah. have you seen any, and this just is impromptu, me asking you, since you first met me, you probably, I'm sure you, of course, you you met a ton of people that day. So you probably don't remember that day and that's okay. But I do remember you. I okay. do remember you. And I remember Francie and it's probably because I've cultivated and Heather, Heather McVedian. Yes. Faden. Uh-huh. How do I say her last name? But yeah. Faden, I remember I think, you guys just because we've cultivated some relationship, but yeah, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So have you seen any change in me since we first met to where we are now or anything? I don't know, whatever you want to say. Absolutely. I mean, I saw a girl who was tired of the fitness thing, maybe also a little like not uncertain. Like, I don't know what this is. I don't know. You Like, what is this about? Is it, could it really be? Um, you were curious, but also conservatively curious, I would say, I remember. But then you, you came through training. And I guess I would say, I've just seen your freedom come. You're finding your voice. 
standing in authority. Uh, I mean, the fact that you're writing a book, right? Like, I think initially you were just un, you know, trying to find where you quote fit as we all tend to do that. But I think at whatever point the Lord just like started throwing more chains off of you to say you already, already fit. And mm-hmm. yeah, I've seen, I've seen you just find your voice and step into your fullness. And that includes being in your body, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's fun to hear that from you. It's actually fun to hear that also because I was recently sharing this, um, realization I had, I, after I finished writing the book and saw it all come to completion, you know, the book is about body image, but I realized Mm -hmm. it's actually about image, like not Mm -hmm. just body image, you know, like obviously Mm -hmm. it isn't a body image, but just image period. And that was something to present. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was Mm -hmm. something that even writing the book and now that it's about to, you know, coming out into the world and then in comes all the, you know, wrestlings through of that, that, you know, people oh, are gosh, about to yes. see this work, you know, that I've just spent all this time on. And, and, and the Lord has broken even more chains off of me that again, I didn't even know needed to be broken off of about right. just image period. Like you said, what do people think of me? Body image is a piece of that, but yeah. like, it's so many other yeah. layers. Yeah. 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 I would definitely say that too. Like there was, I mean, I'll just say like maybe more of a veneer to you, like kind of um, you know, a presentation mm-hmm. of being what you know, the moment needs you to be where now yeah. it's like, here I am. I yep. see that in you. And that's what, and honestly, that is why I've seen the change in you that I would ask you to do that body image teaching for our, you know, you're, you're now teaching, you know, hundreds of people several times a year. So they're hearing that message and it's authentic and real and you've walked it and that's a mantle. I love seeing someone carry with authority. Yeah. Well, thank you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, I don't want to just spend our whole time talking about my book. You are, you're, you're going to be gracious and, and interview me on the Revelation Wellness Podcast yes. about it. Um, but so let's then back up. Let's, let's shift to you now. Let's back up to, I mean, Revelation Wellness, when I met you, already was around for how, I mean, you don't have to tell me years because I don't even remember the year you and I met, but what year was yeah. it founded? Uh, well, it was founded in 2011. Okay. So I think it was probably four years after that I, I ran into you. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Which 2011 was a, a special year for me. That was the year my, um, our rainbow baby was born. I'd had a miscarriage oh, before my, my he goodness. was born on my birthday in, in 2011. Um, wow. Crazy. yeah. yeah. Crazy. So let's hear again for people who don't know you, your heart behind just revelation wellness and where yeah. it started and where it is today. Yeah. Revelation wellness was birthed out of pain. <laughs> for lack of a better word. Um, well, my history is I love, I've, I fell into fitness and I mean the aerobic scene when I was 14 years old and I was from a broken home with a lot of pain and, um, addiction and infidelity. And just, you never knew when a shoe was going to drop in my home. So I had a lot of like pent up stuff inside of me and then you're 14 years old. So there's all that on compounded on top of it of who am I, am I lovable? Am I seen and all that stuff at 14. So I took a aerobics class when I was 14 years old and I loved it. I was just like, whatever that was, it unlocked something in me and I want to do that more. So I started down the trajectory of being involved in that industry, just, you know, as a consumer for a little bit of time, but then pretty quickly someone noticed how good and natural I was at the movement and that my body was responding to it as, you know, had little muscles when I was little. So this is in the height, not the height. This was at the seedlings of diet culture of the eighties 
And so, you know, they're calling out your body looks like the mold. So I started falling into that more and more and Hey, it worked out for a while. I had a lot of accolades and attention for it. I started getting into the industry to help people because if your body looks good, people want to know what you're doing and then you have natural clients. And so I noticed though, when I was training my clients and I loved them, I loved it. I loved the whole atmosphere. I still love it. I love, but it's not the transformation of like changing someone's body. It literally is seeing them change. Like coming in with their head down, feeling schlumpy or feeling sad, but then even watching them leave at the end of a session feeling, Oh, I'm glad I came. And that was better. I mean, that's like the stuff like, okay. So I started doing that more, but ultimately I noticed that all my clients would fall into one or two buckets. They would begin to go in the right direction and like make all, you know, start behavior modification and doing the things. And I would tell them what to do because they just needed help. Tell me what to do. But, But eventually they would stop because it wasn't their telling of what to do in their life and what they are wanting. And even if I try to create a custom program for them in their life, Jesus says in this world, you will have trouble. Like there are things that will come and, but they would get knocked off course and then they would stop coming. And then there'd be shame about not coming. And then I'd run into the grocery store and they would hide from me. And I'm like, wait a minute. I miss, like, I love people. I was never in it for your six pack abs. I was just in it for you and I'm here to serve. So I saw the shame happen on that one side. And then I would see the other side where people would come and like, it was never good enough. What about this? They'd pinch this and they would start losing weight and changing their body and cutting it down and ripping up. And it was like never good enough. And I found myself going, this just doesn't, this isn't life. And so, but in my own life, I had everything pretty together on the outside. I didn't struggle physically per se with my body because it just naturally responded, but my soul was a mess. There's something going on inside of me. And that was just my own lies and the story of my youth, all that stuff was starting to come for me. I was newly married. So that's where Jesus entered my life. I had already had a relationship. Like I knew I would have called myself a Christian, but nobody taught me what that meant, especially how to embody it, how to practice being a disciple. I just thought it was more information. You believe in your heart and you're on your way, but it was not real to me until I needed Jesus to be real. My marriage almost imploded. I felt like what is wrong with me? I have it all together on the outside, but my life is just so chaotic on the inside. So then Jesus enters my life and I could not see my clients the same way anymore. And so from there, I was like, I'm stuck. I'm in no man's land. Because if I stay here in this industry, I'm actually not helping. I, I can, it's surface. I, I now know what they're longing for. And it's this bread of life and living water. And Jesus, he, he's come for this. He comes for them and their broken heart and their body and all the things. So I just started getting wrecked. And I was like, I think I have to do something different. And God really grabbed me by the heart one night he started giving me more vision as I'm reading my Bible and going to church. And I'm like doing my fitness over here and doing my church over here. And slowly they start just kind of coming together and I'm starting to read the word. And I see, you know, things of um, that he came for the poor of spirit and to release the prisoners from their captivity. I'm like, oh my gosh, these are my clients. I started just seeing my clients. And one night I remember just wrestling. Like I knew he wanted, was inviting me to more. Do you want to do it my way? Do you want to do this my way? And I was like, no, that's stupid. I don't want to do that. People will think I'm crazy. Like I, I can't do that. I'll, you know, I'll follow you. 
but I don't want to do that. And so I kept kind of pushing it off. And then one night I just had a sense in his voice saying to me, Elisa, I am going to do this on the earth. You can come now or you can come later, but I'm going to do this. And being the Enneagram eight that I am, I heard that challenge and I was like, he's going, he's going to do this. If I don't go now, I want to be there. I want to go. I want the front row. I want to go. Like it's a challenge. And so I did it. And I started Revelation Wellness as that place of, you know, kind of coming out. I think we were starting to see diet culture not working out and the next thing and the next thing. So we started Revelation Wellness Instructor Training, where I trained people who love fitness, uh, professionals who love fitness, but they want to do it differently. They want to give their clients more than just changing a number on a scale. And so that started in 2011. And from there, we have done all kinds of different things. It's not just fitness. I always knew it wasn't about the fitness, but over the last 12 years, we've learned how multidimensional it is. It's mental health, it's spiritual health, it's emotional health. It's all this soul stuff going on inside of us. And so we create a lot of content for that. Mm-hmm. And it's been very fun to be on the sidelines of watching it grow and watching the Lord just kind of do a new, <sighs> you know, God. something new here and then something new there and sprinkles. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the other thing I love about the word there that, that the Lord said to you, Elisa, this is happening, you know, this is going to happen. And I love when the Lord casts a vision or even just gives us that prophetic vision really for yeah. this is going to happen. This is going to take place. I would love for you to come on this journey with me. Yep. Like I would love to partner with you, but of course then, you know, we have free will. So we get to choose, you know, yes or no, if we're going to join in, if we're, or if we're going to stay on the sidelines and why that really ministers to me is because I, I feel like I know I've experienced this. And I think a lot of people listening today can, can say they resonate with whether it's ministry, family, or a business that they felt called to start, whatever it is, that God will give a vision. And at first, that you feel slightly crazy because yes. you're the only one who can see or hear that vision, oh, you know? Yes. And like when you start to tell people about this, and even, shoot, we see this uh-huh. in the Bible, right? Uh, uh-huh. Of course, Joseph not so being sick. very smart with his, you know, and, and no, right. you know, yeah. bringing it up in such a way. And and so I feel like this is a great place for us to hang out for a second, because I do feel like that something just quickened in my spirit that there are some people that the Lord has given them a vision yeah. for what he wants them to do. And they yeah. they might be where you were in 2011, you know, mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, I mm-hmm. guess we're doing this. But right now, I don't even know what the next step looks like. But here you are living, walking out the fruit of the yes, yeah. you yeah. know, 10 plus yeah. years later. Yeah. What would you say to yourself, 2011, Elisa, if you could go back and say anything to her, a word of encouragement? Well, like I said, for me, God knew how to speak to me in a way that I was like, he's going to do this. Oh, I got, I got to go. Like I, that language for me hits. I, I like a challenge. I will also say <laughs> that I didn't have anything to lose in some way. I kind, I did. I had my like identity or my reputation in the fitness world to lose. And I kind of was like, okay, fine. Cause I knew it didn't matter anymore. I knew if I stay in that world, I'm not helping anyone. So I had to tear away from that world. So I was like, okay, I'm letting that. I'll have to let that go. Okay, fine. 
it's that whole count the cost thing, right? Like he asked you to follow, gives you a vision. You do need to count the cost. I did. And the one thing that I knew would be my greatest cost of the vision would be what my husband would think. Mm. Because he, at that time, wasn't really a believer, wasn't sure about it all, kind of was wanting me to, you know, just kind of keep it on the down low. But again, it gets to this place where it's either my husband or you, God, and I don't know what he will say, but I got to follow you. So for the person with the vision, at some point, if he's not the burn of your heart, then... I guess you can confess that and say it. I want you to be the burn of my heart, but this doesn't feel like it's enough for me right now. But it did, it was enough for me to go because I knew I'm just going to do it. I'm going to throw caution in the wind and see what happens. I'm going to trust him. And you know my story, Rachel. It actually went terrible with my husband. It, it went even worse for years to come. Um, it was costly. So I want to say that yes to the vision. And yes, it will cost you. But I say this a lot. Following Jesus will cost you everything you never needed, Mm. period. Mm -hmm. You never really needed it. Like, I love my husband. I don't need my husband. You know what I mean? Like, we love our marriages. I'll be okay. If something happens to him, I'm going to be okay because my heart is found in Jesus. So for the person with the vision, that's kind of like, yes or no. I mean, you got to figure there's probably a lot of reasons why, but I think when you have nothing to lose, you go. That's some of the greatest entrepreneurs and people are like, they're at the bottom, they're on welfare, whatever it is, like, I got to do something. I'm going to go. But with that, as you go, we were just talking in the, before we started, I went too hard and too fast and too soon (laughs) or not too soon. I just picked up all the yoke of like, okay, I got to do this. And so I am prone to putting too much on my plate and making it happen and pushing boulders up hills. Like I'll never quit. I'll never say quit. So the Lord has been teaching me in this back half of my life about rest and surrender more, say no more than yes to everything. Because my first yes was the best yes, but not every yes to follow is the one to give. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's my walk of carrying the vision. Yeah. Oh, that's beautiful. You said so many things that were golden nuggets in there. One thing that I did want to, you know, even as I was praying over today, I just felt led for us to discuss that, you know, when you feel so that burning call, like you said, the Lord just clearly called you. You can't even argue with the fact that, man, I am called to something. But then it is so tempting somewhere along the way. God's been really speaking to me about this lately in multiple layers of this to not lose ourselves, but even not even when I say ourselves, not, not even lose like who we are as his daughter along the way, like, yes, like lose, Amen. you know, like lose sight of what, what really matters and, and how God sees us and being that mm. human being versus the human doing. And mm-hmm. even just yesterday, I met with a really sweet mentor. Actually, her name's all over my book. Her name's Dr. Linda Hoover. And she was one, one of my professors in graduate school and she's just mentored me and I met with her because I was honestly just needed someone to speak into me. I'm like, somebody yeah. give me some wisdom. I'm kind of going through yeah. a lot right now. And she's really yeah. great at visuals. And she gave me this visual of she, um, we, we named it, her and I came up with the name, my priority plate. And she said, you know, think about having a plate of, you know, just an empty plate where you'd put your food. And she said, you know, we live in a world that um, we love buffet style. We want to just go up to the buffet and see how much we can cram on that plate. And it's, it's <laughs> heaping and it's overloaded and 
you're like, yep. you get back to the table and you're like, I don't even know what all I have on here now because it's yeah. just a mixed match of stuff. And yeah. she said, you have got to learn to, you know, basically categorize your plate into priorities. And that's, you know, starts by uh, sitting with the Lord and saying, okay, these are my priorities in this season. Like I have yes. this much time on my plate for yes. family, this yes. much time for ministry. And she said, so then when people do come along and say, hey, can you do this one more thing? You can look at your priority plate and go, oh my goodness, I would love to, but that mm -hmm. slot on my plate is already full. There's no, like, yeah. I would have to yeah. scooch one of my other priorities over in order to create space for this new priority. And yep. when she said that, it just resonated with me because I'm like, that that's why I feel all over the place because yes. my priorities aren't in order. And yes. every time something new comes, I'm like, sure, heap it on the plate with the others, you know, like, and now yeah. I have this huge mound that just feels overwhelming. I, can I say to that though? I don't know, maybe this is for you, but it's for me. Uh, I burn for this. Like, I'm like, Yes, let's do that. Oh my gosh, that'll be amazing. It's it's not a um a testament to how strong I am. I just lose myself in the call. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I'm doing the right thing. Like, oh, that sounds great. Yeah, we could do that. Easy. Got it. Then I realized, well, I never really stopped to ask the question, could someone else do this? Am I really called to this? Will what will my plate look like? Then I tend to just get through those seasons, like, okay, let me finish my yes. And then I'll reassess and I won't do that again. And I'm hopeful for that. Like I, I, right now I got myself back in one of those seasons. I'm like, I just said yes to a bunch of stuff that I shouldn't have. And so I'm like, okay, Lord, I hear you. I got to work some stuff off. That's why when you said today, like, can we move this and do it? I'm like, I can't, yeah. I can't say yes to anything right now because I'm like not touching my calendar so I can get stuff cleared up. But I think, yeah, it's that tending to the fire that we carry and our fire needs to be for the Lord and not for people. And I'm really quick to help a person in hurt or in need, but I haven't necessarily asked the Lord because maybe there's someone else that's supposed to do that, not me. Mm, that's good. Yeah, because that was another question she asked. She's like, in what ways can only you influence? That's you know, right. Like, that's right. And there are some areas that only I can, I'm the only one who can be the wife to my husband. I'm the only one who can mother my children. You know, there's some things only yeah. I can do. I am the only one who currently can record this podcast, but That's there's right. a lot of other things that I, other people can do. And like you said, would be raising them up as leaders really too. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. And that's a, that's a joy. That's one thing that I do love about Revelation Wellness. The Lord was kind to give me is this vision of raise others up. And I, I think I'm very good at that. Like I want other people to go first. I want other people to go out. What I'm not really great at is when it's the new thing that's never been done before. Mm. I want to do it because I'm like, well, I want to find out about that. Let's see where I'm starting to learn. No, other people can do new things, not you, Elisa. So it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now let's, let's pivot a tiny bit and speak to the person. Cause obviously everybody listening to this podcast, like I always like to be clear on that. Sometimes these burning desires in our heart don't always look like a ministry or a, you know, yeah. like some of us are called to those things. And then some are called their ministry is right there in their home or right there in their neighborhood or right yeah. there in their local church. And, yeah. and I think even with those types of ministry, we still 
can stack our, our plate, you know, take on things that we're like, yeah. like you said, you're just excited about it. Like I, this yeah. example came to me. I have a sister who's really great at party planning and decorating and it makes her excited. You know, like she's one yeah. of those people. I'm not one of those yeah. people, but she is. And, you know, I think she would even admit, yeah, sometimes she just gets excited because someone excited. else wants her to throw she a party. Somebody else, yeah. And she's like, yes, yeah. oh, that'd be so fun. And oh, then she's gosh. like, oh, yeah. shoot, I'm planning five Too parties. Many parties. You know? like, yeah. 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 So no, this is such a great, it's just a great reminder. I don't know about you, but I feel like I feel like almost constantly the Lord's having to like sit me down for a second and just remind me, you know, like you said, like stay on track, stay focused. (laughs) I think this is where it comes from, Rachel. And I'm convinced this is my ever loving, growing practice of being still, slowing down, like silence. We are not good with silence. We fill every moment of every day. Talk about filling our plate. We're like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. We are filling our minds all the time. We can't do silence. If I have a silent moment, well, let me listen to a teaching. Oh, I have a silent, let me listen to this podcast. Let me fill my mind with things because we don't know how to not have something and just be and back to that being, but we can say we are human beings, but we actually have to practice being. And that goes back to being a child. A child knows they're secure and they're attached and I don't have to produce. I don't have to work. uh, The food's going to come. There's such a relaxed soul care of a a well-cared and nurtured child. And that's what the Lord's constantly wanting me to work on. Like, I feel like my back half of my life, I'm going to get really good at being a child. Like I'm going to get really good at it because I almost didn't have it in my youth. And the where I felt relaxed and I could fall back into him. He wants that for us. I think every new believer, when they come to Christ, I think it'd be amazing if there was like this discipleship class of, okay, we're going to teach you how to rest. We're going to teach you how to be a daughter, just a son. Like, and that's a little bit of what Rev does is there's this playful spirit. There's this, you can make mistakes. Just is this like you know, you're just kind of playing. So you get back to your body because our bodies taught us before we knew anything in our mind, your body was teaching you stuff, whether you felt secure, whether you could take that step out in the playground and get bullied and come back. Like your body was taking information before you could actually reason in your mind the way we do now. But now we're so in our mind that we just need to drop into our body, which means sitting, resting, walking, in the sunlight, taking fresh air in, being curious about things. Wonder is another one. Just having wonder. Um, my friend John Tyson constantly just fuels me in that. Like, what are you wondering about in God these days? Not like, what are you doing? What are you studying? What do you wonder about in him? What wonder have you found? Um, that's why we love the Grand Canyon. You go there, you're like, oh my gosh, this is too wonderful. This is awing. So I think we don't do that. There's no discipleship for that. It's just, okay, here's, do you believe this? Let's get you baptized. And then you're on your way. And man, if the enemy can't have us in our flesh outside the kingdom, then he'll have us in our flesh inside the kingdom being busy and trying to build our own kingdom inside his kingdom Mm -hmm. where God's kingdom is built on a rock. A rock is steadfast, sure, and you can stand on it, not do jumping jacks and, you know, create, build your kingdom on it. It's his kingdom. We stand and have peace. So I'm really a big, big 
practitioner, even though I'm not very good at it, about silence, sitting, playing music, dancing, riding my bike, bouncing balls, throwing balls back and forth, like playing catch. Yeah, I'm just like that gets me back into I'm a child. Just relax, relax. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I've noticed that in counseling too, with, uh, especially when people have childhoods where they, like you said, they had to grow up before their time um, yeah. and they had to become an adult really, mm-hmm. even when they were still should have been a, a kid or a teenager. And that is, that's something we practice is, all right, let's be a kid again. You know, like yeah. let's, let's, let's let that whole side of you that didn't get to develop. I mean, you literally skipped a developmental stage yep. with that whenever you didn't get to. Um, yep. And then, yeah, we paint God in this light of he's so boring and drab. And I'm like, no, he's not. Mm. He's the most fun God ever. Like, look at our world. So look fun. all around us, you know. Oh, so good. Yeah. Something I've actually been doing lately, which has been very therapeutic, is um, at night when I just want to unwind, I'm doing Sudoku and word searches oh, with yeah. my kids. Like, it's just so oh fun. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. We just started doing crossword puzzles uh-huh. as a family. We'll put it up on the TV and then we just work the puzzle together. Yeah. Um, and it's funny because I was looking for books on Amazon and I'm like, this is definitely a older person thing because everything's large print and stuff, you know? And I'm like, oh my Girl, gosh, this is awesome. <laughs> yeah. On my way. But I do, I feel like a kid and my kids notice it. My husband notices it and they've all commented. They're like, mom, this is, strange but we like it like you're just sitting you're not on your phone and you're you know I'm playful yes and so my kids and I are playing more and it's it's really awakened the side of myself that I'm like huh that's been dormant thank you God for awakening that yes Mm -hmm. yeah yes yeah okay so before we go I want to make sure we get to talk about so you have you've already written a book but you're releasing your second one can you tell us a little about that Well, this is actually my third, my second one I self-published called Heir to the Crown. And I love that one. It's actually a cool little devotional for mothers and daughters. I wrote that one for my daughter and I just wanted to get it out into the world. And um, so, yes, I have the Wellness Revelation, then Heir to the Crown. Now, this one is, this is the labor of love. This one to me is like, okay, let me rip my heart open and show you everything that went went on in my life to get me where I am today to realize this revelation of our body. And that's the title of the book. It's called the body revelation, um, banish shame, metabolize pain and connect to God with your whole self. So the whole concept of that book is help people realize that their body is a gift and it's, it is the fingerprint of God and a roadmap to him, how to steward our body in a way that isn't your body's temple of the Holy spirit. When people hear that, they're like, okay, it is. I should do something and they feel pressure. They feel shame or they feel like, well, okay, I know that just knowing that knowledge doesn't fix anything. What am I to do with that? And why don't I care for it? Like this living space of God. So that book is going to get after our stories of pain that we live through. And that changes us because of the stress that comes in as of um, if we have a lot of adverse trauma or pain, little T capital T, how that changes the structure and organization of our brain, making it hard to think, feel, and choose. God showed me that, you know, I was having a hard time. I was feeling shame about, I would read my Bible and know what to do. I'd be like, yes, nothing out of vain conceit or selfish ambition. Consider others better than yourself. Okay. My kids today, I'd get all, you know, you'd have your quiet time. And then like 30 minutes later, I'm losing it with my kids. And I was doing the things I didn't want to do. And, and like, I couldn't 
scripture it away. I couldn't do more Bible study. We couldn't pray it away. Like it was deeper in me in a biological way, in a, in a physiological way. And so the book is all about practices that are mental. So mind practice and body practices, because your mind talks to your body and your body talks to your mind to heal that overstressed and overwhelmed nervous system. So I'm really excited about this one because this one feels like I've always said it's never been about the fitness, but this one really tells you, oh, it's really never been about the fitness. It's been about God's love trying to get in and through you and out of you. Ooh, that's good. I can't wait to get my hands on it. When does it release? June 13th, the day before my mom's birthday. My mom passed away four years ago. And this book is literally her story, my story. She had a story of pain that caused her to neglect her body. Then she passed on that pain to me and I turned to obsessing about my body and just all that inside, you know, fluctuation of craziness. And so, yeah, her birthday is June 14th. So it comes out on June 13th. Wow. That's neat. Yeah. 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 And you probably didn't choose the release date, did you? No, I didn't. And a funny, remember my dates kept getting pushed around. Mm -hmm. It was actually supposed to be... I think I was supposed to go earlier. I was supposed to be around your time. Well, that's like, what I thought. Was, yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Uh-huh. I was supposed to be around your time. And then they're like, it's just a COVID paper supply. Mm-hmm. So they pushed me back. And I was like, June. Oh my gosh, June 13th. Wow. Okay, that's cool. Let's do it. That is so cool. Oh my goodness. I love that. I love whenever you can just feel like God. God's winking, smiling at it, favor on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. That's awesome. Okay. Well, yeah, as of course, you know, as the, um, prepares to, it is available now to pre-order. Correct. Yeah, you can pre-order yeah. it, but mm-hmm. I'm not like doing all the, t- mm-hmm. the talks and stuff of it yet. Yeah. 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 So more will be to come. Maybe I just need to have you back on the podcast. And yeah, when you settle yeah. down with all your, your yes. interviews and all your, you know, it's taking that carry it as far mm-hmm. as you can and you'll come on mine, but yeah. Yeah, we can talk more later. We will. Yeah, because I know everybody's ears just perked up when they heard you explain it and the title and subtitle alone mm-hmm. make everybody go, ooh, what is this? Let's I need to know it. more. So yeah, so we definitely will bring you back on and, and talk details on that. Okay, before we go, any just final word of encouragement for the listeners today? Listener, I would say what we talked about today, the thing that stands up in my spirit for you is that, no, let me read this for you. Romans 4.12. Actually, is it 412? 20. 420. No unbelief made him, being Abraham, waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. If God is giving you a vision, it's God's. He will see it through, but it's that unwavering faith and unwavering faith is the faith of a child Mm. unwavering is I can't figure this out I have to be completely dependent upon God and not my own strength because you'll waver if you start to think you can do it in your strength so work out your salvation but I would encourage you that if God has given you the vision he's gonna see it to fulfillment it says it right here in scripture fully convinced. You have to be fully convinced that God is able to do it. Stay fully convinced, stay fully rooted in your faith and take those steps of knowing it's going to cost. It's going to cost, but what else? You'll lose everything you never needed anyways. So throw it off, run unhindered, go. Oh, yes, ma'am. 
We will go. <laughs> well, Elisa, thank you for obviously coming on today, but also just again for speaking into my life. It's really neat to just uh, take this memory lane back yeah. on not only how we met, but then Revelation Wellness and how yeah. you gave that yes to God and you went and and then now here and I am going, you know, and we yes. just keep passing the torch keep to new people. It. So I love Amen. it. Amen. Yep. Amen. And that's how we know, Rachel, that that our daughters uh, will continue to build upon what we have. The next generation, even if we don't see it to f- fulfillment, yep, they're going to have something to run with. So yes. we need each other for sure. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, friend. I appreciate you. You're welcome. <laughs> I bless you in that book. Go far and wide with it, Lord. Well, it is time for Let's Get Real Practical. This is the part of the show where we take the topic discussed with today's guest and we get into some practical steps you can implement into your life right now. I wanted to take this time to direct your attention to, even if you don't have a copy of my book yet, the very back, I did something called the final walkthrough. And you'll understand what that title means a little bit more when you have the book in your hands. But for today's purposes, I'm going to ask you three questions that I want you to, if you're able to, write them down somewhere, screenshot them, and use these questions when it comes to any area of your life, honestly. But here they are, and I'm going to give you a little explanation behind them. Number one. How is my heart? This is a powerful question I often ask my kids. I'll say, how's your heart? And if your heart doesn't feel right about an area, ask the Lord to place a pin on what is off. Number two, how are my words? Luke 6, 45 reminds us that the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So when you aren't sure about the answer to the previous question about your heart, Listen to the words you speak about your body or any other area of your life. My husband once said, stop talking about my wife that way when I spoke some idle words over my body. Our words are an indicator of what's happening in our hearts. And then the third and final question, what foundation am I standing on? See, When God points out something that's not in alignment in our heart, the best way to restore it, it's to get in his word. So let his truth, love, and grace wash over you, your body, your mind, your emotions, everything about you today. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for every single person who is sitting under the sound of my voice. I'm so grateful that we get to connect in this way. I pray for peace and life and blessings. Reveal to us what's happening in our hearts. Restore our hearts and make them new. It is in your name we pray, Jesus. Amen. Well, my friends, don't forget, go order Image Restored. Leave those reviews. If you want to know more about it, go to imagerestoredbook.com. I pray this Real Talk episode brought you one step closer to living free and pursuing your God-given dreams. And I'll see you back here next time on Real Talk with Rachel.